0: we've heard about miracles we've talked about miracles but you know it's something that is a part of the fact that God's kingdom is here and now that it's all around us it's not that we enter into his kingdom after we die and go to heaven Jesus began calling us to enter into his kingdom while he was here he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right here. And it's always been all around us. And so he continually calls to us uh, throughout the ages to repent. And to repent means to quit going one way and go the other Quit living in the kingdom of the world and of your individual kingdom and step into the kingdom of God where supernatural things do happen in this world. As we get started, I'd just like for you to know what miracles are not. They're not in the same realm as magic. They're not for self-aggrandizement for thrill or fun or show or just to somehow get God to meet our own needs and our own ends. Uh, The best example we have of this is found in our Lord Jesus Christ after he had been tempted uh, by the devil and he was there in the wilderness and he was tempted to turn stones into bread. And he responded with scripture and refused to do so. He was tempted to throw himself off of a precipice to uh, let everybody know uh, who he was and kind of short circuit what God had in mind for him to do. And he refused to do so. And if you'll recall, he said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. And so well, it's, miracles are not something that we do to just get our way. And yet so many people spend a lot of their time telling God what to do and expecting him to move in response to their commands. And uh, he's king. He's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. We don't tell him what to do. We live as his subjects in this world, and that gets us to what miracles really are, and what they are are God's own confirmation of his message. In the passage that we read today, we read about this centurion, a Roman centurion that comes to Jesus, and he tells him he's got a sick servant, and he asks for Jesus to heal his servant. And Jesus says, sure, I'll come with you and I'll go healing. And he said, Lord, you don't have to do that. I'm a man under authority and I have people in a, that I am in authority over. And all I have to do is say, do this, and they do it. And so he does go ahead and he says, I want to get these uh, get these words just just to just, just get them just right. Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes to another one, come and he comes. And to my slave, do this and he does it. Now listen to this. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled And said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. I say to you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. Now, do you see, this is a confirmation of God's message as to who Jesus is. The Roman centurion grasped this. He grasped that Jesus was the son of God. And that he was the one who ruled over the kingdom of God. He had authority in God's kingdom and God's kingdom was all around him. He saw that. And so in faith, he came to Jesus, asking Jesus to do something. And whenever he did so, he was coming to the one and only Son of God, the one true God. He knew all this, and Jesus marveled because there were those of what they considered the household of faith that had no idea who Jesus was. You see, his, the faith was that Jesus was who he was saying he was. He is who the church proclaims him to be the King of kings and Lord of lords, the great sovereign of this entire creation and this universe. So miracles confirm God's message. In the Old Testament, they confirmed his message through the prophets. If you'll recall uh, the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal, the basic message there, if you'll recall what happened, uh, uh, the, the Elijah and the prophets of Baal had a contest uh, to see whose God was the greatest or whose God was even really real. And the uh, prophets of Baal, about a hundred of them went first and uh, they had a sacrifice on the altar. And uh Nothing happened whenever they did all sorts of conundrums and mumbo jumbo. And then Elijah had them douse the whole offering and altar with water, soaked it real well. And then he called upon the Lord and fire came down from heaven, consumed the offering and the prophets of Baal. And the thing is, that was a miracle And it confirmed the message that he was the one true God. And so uh, you see, there's a miracle confirming the message in the New Testament. And even today, miracles confirm the good news that the kingdom of God is here and can be entered into through faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, It says, uh, we read the story of, of, of Matthew. That's what that was all about. And then we read these words in John, the 20th chapter, the 30th and the 31st verses. This is toward the very end of John's gospel. And he says, in his disciples' presence, Jesus performed many other miracles, which are not written down in this book, because these have been written... Now, listen to why all these miracles were recorded by John. In order that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through your faith in him, you may have life. You see, he's explaining what miracles are about. And then in the book of Acts, in the fifth chapter, we read these words. Many miracles and wonders were being performed among the people by the apostles. All the believers met together in Solomon's porch. No one outside the group dared join them, even though the people spoke highly of them. But more and more people were added to the group, a crowd of men and women who believed in the Lord. As a result of what the apostles were doing, And what were the Apostles doing? They were proclaiming that the kingdom of God was right here and could be entered into through Jesus Christ. As a result of what the Apostles were doing, sick people were carried out into the streets and placed on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some as he passed by. The crowds of people came in from the towns around Jerusalem bringing those who were sick or who had evil spirits in them and they were all healed. Now miracles, in addition to confirming God's message, they're also God's supernatural way of being involved in your life. Now the biggest, let's face it, being the resurrection of Jesus. Miracles, miracles, will only be heeded by those whose hearts are open to God. Jesus made this clear in, uh whenever he talked about the rich man and Lazarus. Remember they, that uh, they both died. Uh, Lazarus went to uh, Abraham's bosom. The rich man went to hell. And he was asking Abraham to send Lazarus back to talk to his brothers. And Jesus said, they're, they have the prophets and Moses. So if they don't listen to them, they wouldn't listen even if someone came back from the dead. And he was—he made it clear there are going to be those whose hearts are hardened and don't want to hear the message, and they won't even believe in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because their hearts are hardened. But uh, they just wouldn't believe. So. Jesus, and well, I'm sorry, I'm gonna what miracles are for, another reason is to get our attention. Moses in the burning bush. That was miraculous. It got Moses' attention. Peter in a huge catch of fish. He obeyed the Lord and cast out his net and pulled in more fish than he could ever imagine. It was a normal it wasn't a normal thing, it was an abnormal thing. It was a supernatural thing. That happened through natural means. That Peter had fished that same area and hadn't caught a thing. Then he throws the nets in, and his nets are just breaking. To other people, they wouldn't have seen a thing. But because Peter's heart was open and the eyes of his spirit were open, it revealed to him who Jesus was. So, uh, anyway, uh, the thing is, is that he calls our attention to himself through different miracles in our own lives from time to time. I don't know how many times he's done it in mine. And you can probably get up here. We could probably spend the rest of the day with y'all talking about how God did something that got your attention. He also performs miracles to help you in carrying out his directions in your life. The parting of the Red Sea. That was to help the children of Israel get on with what he had planned for them. The water from the rock in the middle of the wilderness. It was to provide for them as they were going about his business. Manna for food, the same thing. His help in making them victorious in battles, the same thing. They also confirm his presence. I can remember one time at Laird Hill, I just prayed my first church while I was still going to seminary. I just prayed that the Lord would just manifest himself in a special way in the service this morning and to just to let us know. And so and while we were still bowed and praying, all of a sudden lightning struck the building and there was a light socket over here and a light socket over here behind me. And then there were floodlights up here and I was bowed praying and I I, I hear this big boom and a flash. And uh, I thought, man, that lightning just struck really close. And I just kind of peeked to see what else was going on. And everybody was sitting out there just (laughs) in shock. I didn't know what was going on. I just found out later that huge arcs of electricity came up behind me whenever that big boom, the big flash wasn't from a surge of electricity. It was uh, the Lord just manifested himself. He just answered my, and he confirmed, you see, that's what he does. He confirms his presence from time to time in our lives. To accomplish a purpose or to meet a need. George Mueller, was uh, uh, instructed by the Lord to start a uh, ministry to orphans that was based solely on the Lord's answer to prayer. He was never supposed to ask for donations. And there came and the Lord provided. but there was a time when there was no food and it was time to eat. And none of the people that worked there knew what to do. He said, well, you just get everything ready. We know the food's going to come. And so whenever they sat down and prepared to bless the food that hadn't showed up yet, there was a knock on the door. And it turns out there was a lady that had just been led to provide tons of food. And they wound up having a feast and so the Lord provided. It was a miracle performed that just confirmed that who confer- confirmed that God is at work in this world and let people know that He was around. Uh, I don't know how many times He's done it in our lives. You've heard you've heard about our story about the eggs. I can't don't have time to tell it this morning. So many times the Lord has just provided for us when there was no other way, and you can probably tell me about times where what I would, you were going through what I would call Red Sea experiences, where your back was against the ocean, the angry Egyptians were coming after you, and you had nowhere to look. And whenever you looked up, God made a way. Those are miracles. And uh, they can happen in the most natural of ways sometimes, you know? Uh, And so this is what I want you to, to, to kind of wrap up with today is a warning. And that warning is this. Do not miss his miraculous involvement in your life by deciding how and what God is going to do. Christians' lives should be just supernaturally natural. Uh, and this just reminds us, to illustrate this, there's a story I heard a long time ago about a, a guy that uh, he lived alone. And uh, all of a sudden there was a, a flood coming. And the police came by and knocked on his door and told him that he needed to clear out. He says, oh, you don't worry about me. I'm, I'm the Lord's and the Lord's going to take care of me. You just You just go warn all those other heathens. The Lord's got me covered. The water got higher and it came up into the yard and a fire truck came by. They went and knocked on the door says, Oh, don't worry about me. You just take care of those heathens that don't have the Lord to look after them. I'm going to be okay. Lord's going to look after me. Okay. Water got up into his house. I was, to cut it short. He wound up finally up on his roof and a boat came by and, uh, Still, he wouldn't get in the boat and the Lord's going to take care of me. You go take care of those heathens down the way. So then the water got up to where it was up to his chest on top of his roof. And a helicopter comes by and somebody, uh bullhorn said, grab hold of the rope. Don't worry about me. The Lord's got me covered. You don't just take care of those heathens. And then he drowned and he got to heaven and he walked up to the Lord. And he said, Lord, why didn't you take care of me? He said, man, what are you talking about? I sent the police to warn you. I sent a fire truck. I sent a boat. I sent a helicopter. And what did you expect me to do, man? The thing is, we can miss God's work in our lives by looking the wrong way. And by just making up our minds what he's going to do. And miss what he's doing. He missed miracle after miracle, and it was deadly. I encourage you don't miss the miracles that God's performing in your life every day. As the Lord's, your life should be supernaturally natural or naturally supernatural. You shouldn't be able to hardly tell the difference because it's just the way God works. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.